Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Maximize the Moment podcast, aka the Excuse Me podcast. Excuse me. Your greatness is with God. And this is the first of a two part series. And this first series, this first episode of this series is going to be called Recognize the Real Around You. And our core passage for the next two sessions will come from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1. Through four. So please, please, please take out your digital or your physical Bibles as we dive into the word and we allow God to speak to us today. Exodus 3, verses 1 through 4. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the mist of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I and today we're going to talk about the word recognize. That is etymology. It stems from the word of the prefix re, meaning again. And then it stems from cognizance or cognitive, your conscious. That means the observe observation through knowledge. And when we put them together, it points to recalling or remembering through knowledge, through exposure or an experience. Webster plainly says to identify someone or something from having encountered them before and to know again, to acknowledge the existence, the validity or the legality of. So, for example, if I was to travel to Paris, I would recognize the Eiffel Tower by remembering or recalling the exposure to pictures and media that's all about it, although that I've never been there before. But I would not recognize the nuances of the culture or certain mannerisms because I've never lived in Paris. That's why your grandma says she doesn't recognize you when you come to visit. Time has clearly passed. You have changed from what she consciously recalling in her mind. You have grown taller. You, your hair has changed. Maybe your voice or your mannerisms have changed, or maybe you move away from your hometown. And when you come to visit, it's unrecognizable because you have changed. Your vantage point has changed. Things have gotten older, or maybe they've even modernized. The culture, even within the city that you've moved away from, has changed from what your consciousness recalls, from the memory point that you're pulling from. The way we recall can shape our behaviors and our perceptions. And we have to be very careful not to put people in a prison of recognition. Yes, a prison of recognition. We can do this unassumingly. A person can get out of jail and we can still recognize them as a criminal. There can be another person that gets out of rehab and instead of helping them move forward, we still hold them in a box of being a drug addict. You may have lived outside your parents' house for the last couple of decades, but they still see you as a child and treat you as a child from what their recognition recalls. You've probably committed your life to Christ, and a lot of Christians can attest to this, but people, you committed yourself to Christ, but people still recognize you for what you've done back in the day. You've turned your life around. You've Even if you've gotten some good education and you have a new place in the world, but still Somehow they recognize you from what you used to be. This is why the Bible says a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. 
among his relatives and in his own home. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them because he was amazed at their lack of faith. And he ended up proceeding to other villages. Jesus in his hometown and many people did not recognize the person Jesus truly was. Sometimes when we're too close to something, we fail to see its change or value. I know as parents, many times we can uh, fail to recognize where our kids are and the transition and how quickly they take their growth on milestones because we are living with them every day and we get stuck in a cognitive bias until we're confronted with an experience that creates a delineation in a moment to gain clarity. And the Bible says that many who heard them were amazed and they said, where did this man get these things? What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this the brother of James, Joseph, Jesus, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Sometimes people take offense over the growth they had no parts in shaping. We have to be careful about putting people in a prison of recognition. But it goes the other way as well. There are people that can recite every law of Moses. They can recite every hot verse in the Bible, but they cannot recognize how to be relational like Jesus. There will be some people that identify as Christians. And when they come face to face on that judgment day, Jesus won't recognize them. Matthew 7 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. What a heartbreak. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer which segues appropriately to what my next point is. What are you recognized for? Let's go to the word. Mark 11 verses 12 through 14 says, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. Jesus is hungry. He's looking for some fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now on the surface, many many may think that Jesus was just angry because he was hungry or hangry and because there was no fruit. People could even see this as an overreaction, but that's not quite the whole story. So let's talk about fig trees for a second. So let's first recognize First off, to sit under one's own vine and fig tree became a proverbial expression among the Jews to denote peace and prosperity. Interesting. 1 Kings 4.24 says, During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Persheba, lived in safety. Woo! Everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree. That aligns. Micah 4.4, everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid for the Lord Almighty has spoken. Amen. Fig trees, fig trees bear an abundant crop starting in mid-August into fall, but many varieties also provide the grower with a bonus crop early in the summer. Important. This crop is called Breba. Breba from the Spanish word Breva is the fig 
produced on the previous year's wood. The Breva crop varies from one variety to another, and some varieties produce a heavy Breva crop, and some, and some only a few, and then some only produce a main crop. Now here it is. A delicious honey fig from the Middle East produces a fig with a wonderful sweetness to it. The tree produces a nice-sized Breba crop and then a main crop in the summer or fall. A Breba crop develops on the old wood of common fig trees during the spring after the fig leaves emerge. Leaves on a fig tree are natural to see when out of season in the spring from harvest. The leaves are an indicator of the Breba, the additional fruit which should be budding, which points to the future fruitfulness of the tree. The fruit points to the true fruit. The leaves point to the Breba. The Breba points to the fruitfulness of the tree. This, There was no Breba crop or fruit, which was highlighted on the fruitfulness of the tree that we talked about in the passage. The tree gave no indication of fruitfulness, but a closer examination of the lack of fruit or secondary crop known as Breba proved this tree will not produce no fruit at all. Jesus recognized what was to come. Amen. Jesus recognized what was to come. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Jeremiah 17 says this, I, the Lord, searched the heart and examined the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. The ESV version says this, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways. What? He gives every man according to their ways, according to the fruit of their deed. Woo, that's powerful. Luke 13, 6 through 9 says this, then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I have been coming to look for the fruit on the fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up all the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit the next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Matthew 22, 23, excuse me, says this, woe to you. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is what you are showing now the indicator of what is to come. Is what you are showing in your life now an indicator of what is to come? Do you have Breba on your tree? Do people recognize you for looking like you're in season, but there's really no fruit? You all leaves, but no fruit. Are you being recognized for something you can't sustain? Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see. I will look. I will recognize this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Moses recognizes the difference in the environment. While it is not common, 
it is not unheard of for dry climates to have bushfires. Nonetheless, Moses recognized enough to see the unusual work with the burning bush. He saw the extraordinary within the ordinary. Notice that in the text, Moses is not surprised by the fire, but by the lack of consumption by the fire. How do we recognize others? What are we recognized for? Can we recognize God beyond ourselves? Can we look beyond ourselves to recognize God moving in our setting? Are we set within our own cognitive recall, our biases, our rose-colored glasses, traditions, righteousness, or hedonistic desires, and we can fail to miss or recognize God moving in our life? Are we soaking ourselves within the wells of the word, the wells of prayer and solitude and daily worship, daily commitment enough to recognize God moves so that we can move? Do we see the cloud by day and the fire by night? We cannot appropriately discern the normalities of God if every time when compared against the foundation of our thinking, God's movement seems abnormal. Meaning, if we are not rooted with God, how can we recognize when to grow with God? A young child may wander off, but eventually they recognize when they are not in the presence of the parent. Likewise, when you're connected to God, there are times that we recognize when we're separated from his presence. I recognize by the way my temper comes quickly, by the way I talk to people, the way I feel off on certain days. Everything is just not clicking Sundays. My children start getting on my nerves. My peace is off. My thinking is off. And I recognize when I'm not standing on his firm foundation. I recognize that I got to get away from the shakingness that's around me and get back to dialoguing with Jesus. Get back to meditating on his word. Get back to praying. Because if I don't pray, I may lay some hands on some people and it ain't the holy type of hands, but I can recognize these things because my recall, the origin of my conscience is on Christ. And because I know Christ, I know that my relationship, I know what that relationship does to me. I know what it does through me and I know what it does for me. How can we recognize others? What are we recognized for? And can we recognize God beyond ourselves? Does God recognize you? Will you recognize God moving in your life? Next week, we're going to continue with part two of this series and covering our attention, what we attend to, what has our attention, which drives our recognition. I want to thank you for listening and learning and growing with me today. As always, a moment not maximized is a moment minimized. Better has no finish line. Greatness has no expiration date. And there's no greater love than Jesus. As always, be your best, be blessed, maximize the moment. Let's get it. Does God recognize you?